Hello, New Hope family, and welcome back to what we hope will be the last of our recorded sermons, uh, hopefully for the foreseeable future, as we anticipate meeting back together again next week in person for worship. Um, we plan to send out an email at some point during the week just to uh, remind you of uh, what the appropriate steps are for worship together and also um, if there are any changes or things that you need to be aware of concerning the service, uh, the elders will be reaching out this coming week to make you aware of those things. Uh, before we get started, I want to, first of all, just thank everyone uh, for your faithfulness uh, in looking at uh, the statistics for the video um, over the past week. It's clear that uh, the majority of our families and, and perhaps even some not affiliated with the church have uh, were, had tuned in to watch the sermon last week and be involved in the uh, worship songs that were provided there, and that is uh, very encouraging, and it's also uh, very important for us as a church that we do make uh, the weekly study of God's Word uh, an important uh, part of our uh, lives as a church, even though we were not able to worship together corporately. Uh, we trust that was is something that would be short-lived. Uh, but again, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, to check in. Also, uh, for those who reached out personally over the past week, thank you for your encouragement and your prayers. Uh, we are all feeling much better in the Wicker household, and uh, we certainly uh, give God the glory for that. Uh, if you reached out uh, to me via text this week and I did not respond right away, it is likely I did not receive it. Uh, I was out for a few moments yesterday and uh, reset my phone and received a number of texts that uh, had been sent much earlier in the week, and I apologize for not getting back to those right away. Um, but if, if you don't hear back from me, uh, it's probably because I did not receive it, and so it might be better to uh, either call me via the church line or, or even try to call me on my cell phone. But I do appreciate uh, the people who checked in and, and those who have been praying faithfully. Uh, again, just by way of reminder, please continue to pray for Christine Volgaris and her family. Uh, the funeral for her father was last week, and, uh, um, and Christine just wants me to express to everyone their appreciation for your faithfulness in praying for them, and, and I told her we would continue to do so. So please uh, keep Christine and Ted and the family in your prayers. Uh, also, please continue to pray for Ruth Wallstrom. Uh, there's a prayer request that uh, will be going out uh, concerning Ruth, and she's still having problems with feeling in her uh, feet, and the doctor is trying to uh, do what he can to alleviate that uh, that suffering in her life. So please pray, pray for Ruth uh, and for her healing. And also, just as I encouraged you last week, would encourage you to continue to reach out and care for one another um, as we have not been together uh, physically over the past two weeks. Just reach out, uh, call one another, text, email, check in, encourage, uh, be sure you're praying for each other, and uh, let's continue to be the body of Christ uh, um, even even as we suspended worship for a couple of weeks. Um, and just a note on that, uh, our decision to, uh, to suspend worship uh, was completely related to uh, the rise of cases within the church. Uh, there was not any pressure or advice from the government in, re in relation to that. Uh, the elders all agreed that uh, we thought it would be wise uh, since we had so many cases active in our church to uh, take two weeks off and allow those uh, folks to get better rather than continue to come back and potentially uh, continue to spread uh, the virus. 
Um, we recognize that uh, um, the virus itself, uh, certainly uh, its severity depends a lot on who has it. Uh, but one thing that we can't deny is uh, the fact that it is very contagious. And so we just wanted to be careful in regards to that. And we appreciate your patience and your prayers as we uh, sort through the decisions that need to be made. Uh, truly, every decision that we make in relation to New Hope is one that we want to be born out of a desire to shepherd and care well for Christ's church and to love you well. Uh, with that, we'll dive into our study of the Gospel of John. Today we are in John chapter 3, and we're going to be reading and focusing on verses 1 through 14, a very well-known passage of Scripture, Jesus' encounter with uh, the Pharisee Nicodemus. Uh, so undoubtedly this will be something that is familiar to most of you, uh, but I pray that you will be blessed and challenged and encouraged by the Word of God uh, this day. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly, heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for this day and for your word. And Lord, I pray for your church, for New Hope Christian Fellowship. Lord, for your continued strengthening and growth of its members and those who are regular attenders as well. Uh, Lord, we pray for your hand of protection upon us, uh, both in the week that lies ahead and then when we uh, join back uh, together for worship uh, corporately next Sunday, if that be your will. Uh, Lord, we want to be faithful witnesses. We want to be faithful in our love for you and for one another. Uh, Lord, we want your Spirit's help in how to best respond to uh, the trials that we face in this life. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the passage that is set before us today that uh, 
Lord, the, the call to be born again uh, through faith in Jesus Christ is clear. And Lord, I pray for all who will hear this message. Uh, Lord, for believers, that they would uh, be strengthened in their faith. And Lord, for unbelievers, Lord, that you would use this message, uh, that they truly would be born again and born into a new life in you. So do this work for our good and for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now, I remember growing up in the South, uh, that phrase, born again, was one that uh, I heard used often in, in many different contexts, uh, even as an unbeliever. Uh, you know, who was at least loosely affiliated with the church, uh, I, I was often asked or, or heard someone talk about what it meant to be a born-again Christian. And to be honest, that phrase was one that was very confusing to me, um, even in the early years after I came to faith in Christ. But it is a phrase, that, as we saw uh, from the scripture reading, that is one that is clearly a biblical phrase, and thus it is, makes it a phrase that it is important that we understand. And in Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus, uh, he, he does a, a very good job, a clear job. Of course, he did a good job. He's Jesus. He's the greatest teacher who's ever lived. Um, but but it but makes the case clearly uh, of the essential nature of the new birth and as it relates to all of mankind if we are going to be reconciled to God, we must be born again. And so as we look at uh, John uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 21, I, I want to, excuse me, uh, verses 1 through um, 14 today, or 15 today, we're going to uh, focus on the new birth under three headings. First of all, we're going to consider the need for the new birth. And then secondly, we're going to consider the nature of the new birth. And then finally, the means of the new birth. And again, as I prayed before, uh, for the believers, I, it's my prayer for us that we would be strengthened in our faith and that we'd be uh, bold in our witness to call uh, unbelievers to be born again. Uh, and for unbelievers, that today would be the day that your eyes are open, that the Spirit truly would grant a new life to you today, uh, that you would respond in faith to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, now, as I read, it's clear the, 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 the principal players in our passage this morning are uh, Jesus and then Nicodemus, a man among the Pharisee, uh, a man who was a Pharisee. And so um, as we dive in, I, I want to do so reminding you of the context. Last week, we looked at John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25, where it was stated clearly that Jesus... <clears throat> Even though many people, as he was there in Jerusalem during the Passover, um, he had performed many signs, and it says that many were believing in him. Or, 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 and, um, but Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them. And then it says why. It says because Jesus didn't need anyone to tell him what was in the heart of man. He, he knew that the, the heart of man is, is wicked and, and, and unbelief blinds us to the truth. And so that is the, the, the lead-in to John chapter 3. Jesus, in his dealing and in his interaction with Nicodemus, is dealing with one who at this point is still in his unbelief. He, he is certainly uh, interested in Jesus and the signs that he has uh, performed in the presence of the people, 
but as we work through these verses, we'll see that, that he is one who is still blind. He is in darkness, which is interesting because he came to Jesus at night. What, what, a, what a powerful picture of, of the condition of his heart as well. Now, later, when we get to the end of the Gospel of John, we'll see that uh, Nicodemus is, is a different man. He, he's one who actually goes and he, 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 he begins to help prepare Jesus' body for burial after his death. So apparently at some point from, from, from his interaction with Jesus here in chapter 3 to the end of the book, we, we, we believe that Nicodemus was converted. Uh, but here, early on, this first encounter with Jesus, I think it is clear we are dealing with someone who does not yet believe. He has not yet been born again. So let's look first of all at the need for rebirth in verses one through three. Let me read those to you again. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So, so the passage begins with Nicodemus, the, uh, uh, the man of, a, of, a fair, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And we know that the, the Pharisees were a sect of religious leaders who were zealous for rituals and religious purity. They were strict followers of Moses uh, of the Mosaic law and also their own traditions. And if Jesus wasn't already on the minds of the Pharisees, his cleansing of the temple earlier in chapter 2, uh, only a few days earlier, certainly put him in the forefront of their mind. He, he was clearly on Nicodemus's mind, so Nicodemus decides to visit him at night to find out more about him. Now, there's been much speculation about why Nicodemus chose to come to Jesus at night, and I think it's likely uh, that, that this was a visit that, that Nicodemus didn't really want to be publicly known, whether it be known by other Pharisees or, or, or by the other Jews there in Jerusalem. He, he wanted to, to, to visit Jesus privately to try to ascertain who Jesus truly was. In verse 2, we, we see why he has come. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus is there because of the signs. That ties it right back to, to chapter 2, verses 23 through 25, where it says they believed because of the signs that Jesus was performing. And, and we talked last week a little bit about why uh, certain types of belief simply are not enough. It wasn't enough to believe in the miraculous signs that Jesus had done. You, you had to believe in, in, in the one whom those signs spoke about. It, it was Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, who performed those signs. It was those signs that validated the things that he taught to the people. So Nicodemus is there because of the signs, and, and although he never comes out and asks this question specifically, it, it's clear as we look at the context of this passage, Nicodemus' main question to Jesus is, who are you? 
says, we know that you're a teacher, and by we, speaking of, uh, 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 of the Jews, we, we know you're a teacher uh, endowed by God, but really, Jesus, who are you? And Jesus answers that question pretty powerfully in the dialogue that follows. It, the, this dialogue reveals that, that Nicodemus really is in no place to handle the truth that Jesus is about to drop on him. In verse 3, Jesus answers him first by saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, at first blush, it may seem that Jesus is changing the subject, but in reality, Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter as only he can. That, that phrase, the kingdom of God, is, is best understood as the, as the messianic kingdom that was foretold by the Old Testament prophets. And the assumption among the Jewish people was that unless they had apostatized, all Jews would enter the kingdom of God on the basis of their nationality. By virtue of being Jewish, they had access to the kingdom of God. That was the, the common understanding, and that would have been Nicodemus's understanding as well. But Jesus has something different to say about the matter. He, he tells Nicodemus that this is not, a, not the case at all. There is a greater requirement to even see the kingdom of God. And that requirement is that one be born again. Or another way to understand that phrase, born again, is, is to be born from above. Now, Nicodemus can't yet understand who Jesus truly is because he has not experienced the spiritual rebirth that was required to see and to enter the kingdom of God. There is no other way. One cannot be manipulated into the kingdom of God or even persuaded into the kingdom of God until they have first been given new life by the Spirit of God. We must be born again. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night but, but there was even a greater darkness in play than the physical darkness which shrouded his visit to Jesus. And that's the spiritual darkness that was in Nicodemus's heart. And we see this in his assessment of Jesus. He says, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Well, that is true, but we have already seen in our study of the Gospel of John that Jesus is so much more. Nicodemus doesn't even call him our prophet or the prophet. The, these were assumptions that, that, that we see that have already been made about uh, John the Baptist. No, Nicodemus just comes and says, we know that you're a teacher. And that's all that he could see because he had not yet been born again. This really helps us see why some people are so resistant when we share the gospel with them. 
Uh, I know you've wondered that. Uh, there, there are people over the years that, that, that have, have been affiliated with churches and, and with Christian families who, who hear the gospel shared with them over and over again. They, they, they see the proof of the power of God at work in, in answering the prayers of his people. They, they see other people come to faith in Christ. They, they, they see others professing their faith in Christ through the Lord's Supper and through baptism. But yet they are resistant to the truth of the gospel. And the reason why this is the case is simply because they have not been born again. Now, this doesn't mean that we stop sharing the gospel and praying for their salvation. But they resist ultimately because they are still dead in their sins. They need the Holy Spirit to give them new life. They need to be born again, and they need to understand the nature of the new birth, verses 4 through 8. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit." Now, some have suggested that this back and forth between Jesus and Nicodemus is really just friendly banter, where Nicodemus at least has some idea of what Jesus is talking about. But honestly, as I look at the context, I disagree. I think it's clear that Nicodemus has no idea what Jesus is talking about. Now, remember, we must remember that Nicodemus thought he would see the kingdom by virtue of of his being Jewish. So Jesus adding this new twist of needing to be born again was mind-boggling for him, which leads him to ask the question, how can a man be born when he is old? So there is real confusion here. Can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb? In other words, Nicodemus is saying, born again, what does that even mean? The teacher of Israel is blind to this vital truth concerning the kingdom of God. Jesus' response is important. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, that, that, that phrase, born of water and, and the Spirit, can be a confusing one. It has been a confusing one for the church. So what, what does Jesus mean by this? Well, there are, are, are a few views that have been set forth, um, and I want to share a couple of those with you and then point to the one that I think is clearest from the text and from the teaching of Scripture. One view is that by water... Jesus is referring to natural childbirth, water being a reference to the amniotic fluid which which gushes forth when a child is born. 
And the spirit refers to the, the spiritual rebirth that takes place at salvation. And this certainly fits within the context, right? Jesus certainly talks about two different types of birth. But by born again, Jesus is, 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 has to be referring to something more because as you look at both the teaching of the Bible and other ancient texts, we, we can find no ancient references to childbirth as being something that, was, that, that took place by water, as, as Jesus says here. So, so he has to have something more in mind. Another way that water is understood in verse 5 is in reference to baptism. But as we look at the teaching of Scripture, does baptism lead to the new birth? Or is it symbolic of it? Now, we know that baptism does not give us new life. It symbolizes the new life that we've already received in Christ. So even here, Jesus must have something else in mind. And I think what Jesus means is, 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 is evident in who it is to whom he's speaking. Let me explain that to you. To you. Now, we know that Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, a teacher of Israel, a Pharisee, a supposed expert on the Old Testament scriptures. And in the Old Testament, water is often used figuratively to refer to spiritual renewal or spiritual cleansing. So those who are born again are, are those who have been purified by the Spirit's work. Uh, this spiritual renewal is the new birth. This spiritual re rebirth is separate from our physical birth and is brought about by God. That's verse 6. Jesus says, That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's a work of God. From an earthly perspective, Nicodemus had everything going for him as it related to his physical birth. He was much like Paul's description of himself in Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. He was a, a Pharisee. He was born into the right tribe. He, he had the right profession. He was zealous for the truth. Nicodemus was clearly uh, known as a great teacher among the people. So Nicodemus had everything going for him from his physical birth, but he was lacking the spiritual rebirth that could only happen as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit who could give him new life. And you see that in verse 7. Nicodemus needed to be born again, and that could only happen through the work of the Spirit. Verse 7 says that, <clears throat> Do not marvel that I say to you, Nicodemus, that you must be born again. Then in verse 8, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Being born again is, is the work of the Spirit of God as he moves in the lives of, of those who believe. He opens our eyes to what Jesus has done for us and in the gospel and awakens faith within us so that we believe. 
So, so as we consider the need for the new birth and, and also the nature of the new birth, it is the work of the Spirit. Next, we need to move on to, to verses 9 through 14, which reveal the, the means of the new birth. And that's through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Let's look at verses 9 through 14. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Again, he's still confused. Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except, or but rather, He who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. The means for the new birth. We see here that Nicodemus is in way over his head. How can these things be, Jesus? How can one be born again? Jesus is, is, is letting Nicodemus know who he is, and, and Nicodemus is not equipped for the truth. Nicodemus, you teach Israel, yet you don't know these things? Verse 11, Jesus says, we are testifying to the truth, and you don't believe it. You're not ready for it. You want to know heavenly truths, Nicodemus, truths that you should already know as a teacher of Israel, but your unbelief makes you ignorant to the one who stands before you, the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Jesus flat out tells him, I have come from heaven. And Nicodemus, in his Blindness and in his unbelief cannot see the truth. And then Jesus points to the great price that he will pay for all who are born again. He says, Nicodemus, you want to know how to be born again? Look to the Son of God who will be lifted up before you. And then Jesus refers to Numbers chapter 21, verses 5 through 9, which is a foreshadowing of the cross. Let me read that to you. Now Moses is still leading the people out, out, of, um, <clears throat> out of Israel, or excuse me, out of Egypt. And uh, this is one of the accounts of uh, what took place there. Numbers chapter 21, beginning at verse 4. It says, Now from Mount Hor, they, the, the, the people of Israel, set out by way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food, in reference to the food that the Lord had provided. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. 
And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. What a powerful foreshadowing of what Jesus would do for all who believe in his death and resurrection. Jesus says, just just as Moses fashioned this snake and, and raised it up so that all who looked on that serpent in faith would, would, would live, so too would the Son of Man be lifted up before the people that all who looked to him in faith would be redeemed, would be born again. Oh, dear friend, have you been born again? The kingdom of God, eternal life, is only accessible through faith in Jesus, the one who lived the perfect life that you could never live, who gave his life on the cross where he was lifted up and bore the wrath of God for your sins and for my sins that we would be forgiven, that we would be washed clean, born again. And that we would belong to him forever. We would experience salvation in him, the kingdom of God. This is the offer that Jesus has for all who believe. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins and secures us eternally in him. He is the means through which we can be born again. Now, we see a transition here in in these last few verses of our passage this morning. In the beginning of John chapter, we see how the Spirit of God is at work in salvation and in, in, in drawing us to the Son of God. And here in the, the, the second half, and we'll see it even more as we continue in John chapter 3, we, we see the, the call of man to respond to what has God has done. We cannot be born again unless the Spirit of God draws us unto God. But we cannot be born again unless we respond in faith to what Christ has done. So we are without excuse. As the gospel is proclaimed, the Spirit of God is at work, opening eyes and hearts to the truth. And we must believe And I have no doubt that there are some who will hear this message who have not yet believed. Hear me clearly. You must be born again. You are without excuse. You are in your sin. And you need to pray and ask God to forgive you. You need to, to, to run to Christ who gave his life so that your sins would be forgiven and so that you could be born again. And when you do believe, praise God for the work of the Spirit in your life, granting you that faith necessary to believe. We must be born again. 
We must understand that the new birth is brought about by the work of the Holy Spirit. And we must believe that the new birth is secured through faith through the faithfulness of Jesus on our behalf. There's a great warning from this passage, brothers and sisters. And the warning of Nicodemus is this, is that it's possible to have the truth literally stare you in the face and you still not believe. So if you're hearing this and you don't believe, understand that, that, that the truthfulness, the, the veracity of what you are hearing today is not dependent on whether or not you believe it. It's true because it is objectively true. What needs to change is your understanding of the truth. You need to turn away from your sins and you need to turn to Christ in faith. Believer, you need to understand that, that this is the great reality that, that, that shapes your eternity. Jesus died to restore you to God forever. You are His. And He calls us to live for Him. We, we, we have thought long and hard over the past several months through through the pandemic and and even leading up to it uh, about how important it is that the the body of Christ lives for God's agenda and for God's glory and, and I want to remind you Christian again that that is the great calling on your life that you live for him his glory his goals must become ours our temporary goals and desires must be brought under his authority. And those things which are not honoring to him, we must let go of. And we will be happier for it. I promise you that. So have you been born again? And if you have, how does this new life in Christ shape your time here on this earth? May our lives truly be lived for the glory and the honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to pray and I want to thank you for enduring uh, till the end and also encourage you that we cannot wait to be together as the body of Christ for corporate worship. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for all who will hear this message and I pray, Lord, for the unbelievers, Lord, that you would open their eyes and their hearts, that your spirit would draw them unto yourself, that they would uh, be born again through faith in you, Jesus, and all that you have done to save them. And Lord, for those of us that have already been born again, Lord, I, I pray that we would do a heart check and consider uh, how it is we live. Uh, Lord, that we would take seriously uh, the calling on our lives to, uh, to, to, to die daily in living for you and for your glory. Help us, Lord, to be men and women and boys and girls who, who truly uh, give all of ourselves to you as we long for the day that we look upon you with our eyes. And we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you.